There we go. So uh, I'm I'm going to uh, say a prayer as usual, but what I'd like to do is teach you a simple meditation that I've learned in my Kundalini training. So we'll start with a prayer, and then I'll I'll share this simple meditation practice with you. So we begin, as always, with our hand on our heart, taking that breath, so grateful and so thankful that the love of God is shining forth in our heart, in our mind, in our awareness. We are grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that there is, and we are part of God. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to recognize that everything is perfect, just as it is. We're willing to let go of any idea that there's an imperfection, that there's a lack of wholeness or that God has somehow departed the scene. We are grateful to step into a group awareness of our own divinity and every moment's opportunity to be a healing, leading, guiding presence, leading from love, leading from spirit. So grateful and so thankful that we're gathering together to have transformation and healing, to let the past go, and to be the fullness of our own loving presence. So grateful that everything we need is within us. So grateful that our life is the life of God. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we let it be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (coughs) Yeah. We're generating a lot of dust, so hopefully it won't bother me too much. Hmm. So the meditation I'd like to share is it's a simple breathing meditation and it has a hand mudra or a hand posture that goes with it. <coughs> Sorry. And it's called uh, the meditation for conquering self animosity. So it's about resolving and dissolving self hatred. It's very sweet and gentle. And um, we're just going to do it for three minutes. And the practice, I can send you a a PDF of the practice so you can do it on your own and learn a little bit more about it. And um, the practice is, uh, it's suggested that you begin with three minutes and you work up to longer periods. So three minutes is a great amount of time and you'll see it's a really sweet focusing practice. And to think that we could do this practice and it would help us conquer any self animosity, how wonderful is that? So uh, the hand mudra is, let's see here if I can adjust this a little and bring it back. 
without it cr crashing down. So um, the hand mudra is you're putting your hands like this. I'm trying to um, oh, now I've I'm suddenly I'm I'm wondering am I getting it confused? <laughs> oh, give me a moment. But the um, as I'm looking that up, just double checking it. Um, the uh, let's see here. Um, the oh, you know what I can do? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, where's my zoom? Okay. So your your thumbs are up. You're actually, sorry, I got a little discombobulated by all the people moving around here all of a sudden. Uh, so your, your hands are like this, okay? And then your, your um, base of your palm is together. Got it? And your thumbs are up, right? We're reaching for the higher Holy Spirit stuff. And then you bring it back here, just in front of your heart, almost like a prayer pose, okay? But it's it's this pose. So we've already conquered self-animosity just by accomplishing this. <laughs> and then um, I'm just going to bring it back here. So the breath is it's 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 a it's a breathing uh meditation so you hold this hand posture and the breath is you breathe in through the nose out through the mouth in through the mouth out through the nose in through the nose out through the mouth in through the mouth out through the nose so you're just alternating breathing in through the nose breathing out through the mouth breathing in through the mouth out through the nose so it's just kind of like a swinging breath. So it takes, you know, some of us are more coordinated. Uh, when I do a dance class or anything like that, I'm always going in the opposite direction of everybody in the room. Fortunately, I love myself. I feel comfortable being the only one going in that direction. But um, so some of us are more easily mind hand body coordinated and um i once i get the hang of something i'm great but sometimes in the beginning i'm a little uh like what's happening when where so uh the the breath uh, i'll i'll speak along with you and the breath for a, a couple of times again but then um we'll just go on our own and if you forget it just it's in, out, sorry, it's in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose. So you're just alternating. If you breathe in through the nose, breathe out through the mouth. If you breathe in through the mouth, you breathe out through the nose. So you're just going back and forth, back and forth. And uh, it's so sweet. Now, you're going to keep your eye gaze uh, at the tip of your nose. So you're actually going to have your eyes almost completely closed, but you can just see 
the tip of your nose, depending on how big your nose is, my nose is perfect. I can see my nose. <laughs> it's got that bulb on the end of it there. So um, you can just keep your eye gaze focused on the tip of your nose. We've got our hand mudra here, holding it at our heart. So we're going to breathe in to begin. Let's just take a deep breath in to begin. And just exhale it out. And then breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, in through the mouth, nose. Oh, I blew it. I'm sorry. I got totally off my game with, uh, I got decentered. I'm going to start us off with another prayer again here. Hmm. Just grateful and thankful that all is well and all is in balance. There's also a high-pitched noise from a hose going here, and that uh, is not a good sound for me. So, But I understand people are trying to accomplish tasks. So, We're just grateful to join together in the love of God for the purpose of our healing and our expansion. So grateful that we have everything we need right here. That all is perfect. There's a divine alignment in all things. We are grateful to recognize it, to know it in our heart. So we're taking these breaths. We're entering into this meditation with an idea of wholeness that is our true identity. We're grateful to let go of any self-animosity and our practice brings benefit to all beings because we're one with them. So we're deeply grateful and thankful to come together joyfully in practice now in this moment. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 All right. So hand mudras. And we're breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth out through the nose, in through the nose, sorry, I did that wrong, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose. So we're Continuing on our own here. Gaze at the tip of your nose.
All right. So in um, the Kundalini yoga practice, there are some additional things that you'll see in the handout, but we'll just leave it at that for now. And uh, thank you for your willingness to try something new with me and to practice. I appreciate that greatly. Does anybody have any comments about, uh, did you notice anything or anything that you felt? Anything you'd like to ask about that before we move on? But it was very relaxing and um, I think it would be a good idea to have a glass of water that you can take a sip of before you begin because it, I did feel it drying out my mouth a little bit ah. but I was able to totally tune everything out <laughs> including the noise that's happening behind you it wasn't you know I, I couldn't even hear it good very relaxing good Sean? You know what I liked about it is I really have a hard time meditating and with the cycle it was really easy to do it without thinking about other things and it was very it flowed really well. Yeah I'm so glad Sean. Yeah that's what I'm learning from my Kundalini teacher training is that uh, I can I can offer uh, what I'm some of what I'm learning in Kundalini that I think would be helpful and some Kundalini practices that for those who wish to do them can do them and uh, deepen your practice all right wonderful uh, Diana um, thank you Jennifer for that practice and I just want to share that um, during it, when when you stop doing in through the nose and out through the mouth, and we were we were then doing it on our own. Um, what I heard in my mind was, "Oh, this is hard. There's so many things to think about." And I started going into this is a hard practice, and so I I was just like, "No, Diane, just relax through it." And so I was able to kind of turn that around pretty quickly. Um, to to really look at this as a as a relaxation practice and to feel that relaxation in my body, but I just thought it was so interesting that that knee jerk reaction when you stopped was, oh, this is hard. <laughs> well, that's good. It came up, and you conquered it. Moved on from it. Kept going. As I did too. Yeah, beautiful. Carla? I was very interesting and I'm really glad for Diane's share because I got, I got an opportunity to see doing something different, how resistant, and I, Noticed at first, I thought, oh, how resistant I am to change, to change, to doing something new. And I realized I was identifying with the ego by believing that thought. 
And so I'm really grateful for Diane Shear because I didn't realize that until she said that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was really helpful. I think that's what came to me is it that that's, I do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I do that often. And so I'm really grateful for that practice. They got to see that. Thank you. Yeah. That's wonderful. And just, uh, I'll just mention that the whole practice of Kundalini Yoga is really about clearing all your channels, bringing everything into balance and harmony, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, uh, working at uh, a, an etheric level, an etheric level. So, of course, in Miracles, we're working at the level of the mind, which is awesome. And to me, the combination of A Course in Miracles and Kundalini Yoga is fantastic because I noticed that um, some of the, the, well, the Kundalini Yoga teacher that was the lead teacher in my training is extremely knowledgeable, extremely, and uh, a beautiful teacher. And some of the support staff teachers, they were all beautiful teachers too, but there were certain aspects of the curriculum that had to do with consciousness that it was a little bit, um, I really just had to, I just listened as they were teaching it in such a mental way. And I thought, oh gosh, I could just teach this so much simpler. People would get it so much faster. Um, if we could we could teach it from you know the perspective of a course miracles the way the same teaching absolutely the same teaching but just without jesus's clarity (laughs) so um it's interesting very interesting um i'm really appreciating the combination and and uh for those of you because i know uh, Sean and Carla are both coming to uh, Arizona next month. We're going to do Kundalini every day. Yeah, we're going to start our day with Kundalini. But it's not like Hatha, Carla. It's not like Hatha. It's, 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 uh, you're going to find it really, uh, well, we'll see how you find it. But uh, my intention is that you'll be so on fire and ignited that uh, you'll you'll enjoy loving it. You'll love doing it. Continue doing it afterwards. All right. So uh, some of you have been in the year two and the year three class this week, Carla and uh, <laughs> and uh, Rand, um, and uh, we've been talking about uh, relationship and healing the mind about our relationships because uh, I'm so focused on relationship right now for the year one classes. And with the advents of being able to do these breakouts, Spirit is giving me new ways to offer the curriculum uh, that I think are much more in-depth. And uh, it's really powerful. And so... Um, I'd like to share some of that with you because it was nothing that we ever did before. And uh, I will also say that starting tomorrow, 
Angela is going to be leading the um, breakout for year two, three and Ascension pathway. And um, so she'll be doing the breakout from year two last week. Uh, and you don't need to have any prior experience to come to that. It's 45 minutes. And then today she's doing the breakout for year one and she's going to be reviewing the taking stock, uh, that was discussed in their community call last week. So, uh, yeah, people are really enjoying this additional opportunity to do the breakouts with Angela and, uh, I'm so glad for that. I'm just, really on fire with our curriculum and the way uh, the technology is supporting us in doing deeper and deeper work. And I'm getting ready to offer the sequence, the next counseling session uh, in the sequence of, uh, we started with the activation section. And so I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to roll out um in the next few weeks, I hope the um, acceleration session spirit really this morning said to me, go, go do that. Accelerate. So I feel like energetically, and I don't know if you folks are feeling this, but I feel like we just came through a wormhole of some kind. Like we were squeezed through this wormhole and now we're shooting out into uh, the next level of our expansion. So, um, I'm, I'm really grateful to, to be able to join together today. So, um, what, what, uh, we're going to be talking about next week in year one, uh, we were talking about in year two and year three is, uh, looking at the core beliefs we had about ourselves in relationship, specifically in relationship. So for me, uh, relationships were the absolutely the most difficult part of my life. No question of that. No question. Uh, all relationships were difficult and challenging to me. And I really, I remember thinking I, I, I wasn't a Catholic, but could I be a nun? You know, can I just go into silence and get away from everybody? Um, and uh, when I was a teenager, that just seemed really appealing. Um, but instead, I just did a lot of drugs and stuff like that. <laughs> it's what a lot of people do when they're thinking about becoming a nun. Um, and uh, truly, I just, relationships, and I mean every relationship, all my friends, my parents, my sibling, uh, my boyfriends, Everything was just difficult in terms of relating. The only place where I really always had success relating was with my teachers, the people who are older and wiser than me and could have patience with me and help me. So uh, I constantly was in this place of feeling something's wrong with me. Every relationship just showed it to me. That's where I got that from. It wasn't from... Uh, my schoolwork, it wasn't from my mediocre ability to, you know, do things like dance, you know, I 
they took me out of ballet young because the teacher was just like, uh, no, <laughs> no, do not put money into this for your daughter. And, um, uh, and I was never an athlete, you know, so that I just, the only place where I felt like I was in constant failure was in my relationships, constantly fighting, constantly feeling bad about myself and feeling humiliated constantly. And uh, now I see that, that it brought me great benefit because I, I learned how all that stuff works and why it unfolds that way. And so that's very helpful to me now. But nobody ever took me aside when I was younger and said, someday you're going to be a really powerful spiritual teacher and you're going to be able to help many, many, many thousands of people through what you're learning right now in this hell hole that you're experiencing as your life. Uh, uh, maybe the angels were whispering that to me. Anyway, so the, the core thoughts that I constantly had were variations of I'm too this and I'm not enough that. So I'm too pushy. But I, I and I don't have enough patience. I'm uh it was just a constant stream of I'm too this and I'm not enough that. And I believed them. There was no doubt in my mind. These were facts. That's how it felt to me. And so I could have an experience in a store, let's say, or at school or anywhere in my life with a complete stranger. And it would, like a hair trigger, it would absolutely trigger that thought. You're too this. You're not enough that. And then I'd be rolling around inside of that and reacting to it. And so people who, you know, they were just trying to serve me a cup of coffee and something they did, they said a look in their face, a tone in their voice would trigger me. And then I would become this angry, retaliatory person attacking them, belittling them, truly. Truly, I could be so mean, so cruel, so vicious, uh, just in an uh, uh, instant if I felt threatened. And because I would react that way, it was just the absolute icing on the cake, the proof positive that I was so bad and so wrong. And so the constant triggering of these core beliefs coming up for healing uh, would incite me to do something that would prove it. And I actually had hundreds or thousands of experiences that I remember as a child thinking, let me just prove it. Let me just, it's, it's, it's already everybody thinks that. So sure, why not? Why not be to this? Why not, you know, be this or that? And, um, and just, you know, I mean, they're already accusing me of it. It's already everybody knows it. So why do I have to hide it? I can just be it, express it fully. And and then maybe if I do, I'll explode and it'll be over. 
I, I often found that the only cure for my difficult times was to go all the way to the limit of it and be exhausted by it and collapse, literally. I just collapse crying and weeping on the floor, just feeling like the utter worst person in the world. No, no, no one should, could love me. I was completely unlovable in my mind. And I am so grateful to be aware now that those core beliefs are gone. They're gone. I don't ever, I can't even remember the last time one of those got triggered. It'd be a few, quite a few years ago. And when the last time that I can remember something like that getting triggered, I just thought, no, not true. I didn't react. I didn't really get triggered. The thought came up and I'm like, yeah, there's just no juice for that anymore. Something else is going on here and I can see my way through it. There's no upset needed, no explosion, no collapse, none of that. No, thank you. And, uh, and I've had some pretty challenging things happen, but I just didn't go to those places anymore. So I know that we can have permanent healing. And part of how we do it, of course, is to bring it to the light. And um, that's, that's what these breakout options are for. So I'd like to send us into a breakout to look at what are those core beliefs maybe that you used to have. And which ones do you still have? Which ones have you let go? Or you just haven't seen them or felt them triggered in a long time. So the core beliefs that are of a similar nature to, I'm to this, I'm not enough that. So it's the core beliefs about the core of your being not being right, not being good, being bad or wrong or not enough or troubled or evil or whatever it might be. I definitely had the belief that I was evil, that I was bad. And so every time that I would become vicious, because that thought that I'm evil, that I'm bad, it, uh, all you can do really is either collapse into it and become apathetic, or you just start flailing and hitting everything in sight, right? At least those were the only two options I saw. So I thought, well, at least I feel powerful if I'm flailing. So I'd go that route and then collapse into a puddle of apathy. And not really apathy, but more just hopelessness. Which is, I, I think, a step above apathy, maybe. <laughs> All right. Any questions about what you'll be discussing in the breakout? All right, so let's see here. Um,
Okay. So we're going to have 18 minutes for this breakout. 18 minutes, and I'll let you know every three minutes. I'm going to unmute everyone. And I can feel the, I can feel the airwaves humming. <laughs> ah, so any discoveries, any ahas? First of all, who had some things they realized they don't get triggered in anymore? Core beliefs that are gone. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How does that feel? Feels good, huh? Yeah. Victory, it's working. Spiritual sandpaper. Anybody, all right, so anybody realize that you're still getting triggered on some old core beliefs? Carla, would you mind sharing with us what the core belief was? Because we all know it's false, so. Well, I don't know if it's one. Hmm. It's, well, I think it is, it's all stems with unworthiness. I can't, I'm not able to, but right. what's interesting is in our discussion, I thought um, Diane was yawning and she said she is really interesting because she said she muted herself and she was actually coughing. And so I saw, I look at, I don't know, it's everything. I see appearances and I use appearances to prove what I already believe about myself that I'm not likable. That um, I can't get it. That um, I'm not good in it. I can feel it. Like when I'm saying it, I'm like, Egh. I thought I'd really dealt with that, but it's really still. It's it's. I'm getting, it's getting, it's not getting small. I think it is getting small, but I'm seeing it in ways that I never saw it before. And I'm not judging myself when I see it. That's really the big key. I used to judge myself when I saw it, when I was shown it, because I was just being shown. And then I judge myself and now I just speak it like I just spoke it without judgment. And I saw, because we talked, it's not even true. It wasn't happening the way I perceived it. So that was it. I don't know if that answered your question. but that's Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Don't, don't mute yourself yet. Because, <laughs> you know, Carla, you've shared with us, uh, how hard your father was on you and uh, what you know and we all know because of what we've been studying that we more than likely did not come to these beliefs from our experiences in this lifetime. Instead, we placed these opportunities 
to trigger these beliefs in this lifetime so that we would heal them in this lifetime. So what if you could look at yourself as a child, that precious little Carla, and be with her as her father is attacking her, frightening her, intimidating her, and just say to her, it's not true. He's not seeing correctly. He has no idea what a powerful spiritual being you are, what a powerful teacher you are, what a powerful lover you are. He has no idea. He's just seeing himself and what he doesn't like about himself has nothing to do with you. Don't take it on. Tears come up. Yeah. Because I'm realizing that this ataxia in appearance came from my father's, what we think we know, right? What I think I know that it comes from my father's side of the family. And I'm still, I'm, I'm just like, my father's gone passed away in form and I'm still carrying him around to punish me. What if it's not to punish you? What if there's a different perspective? Okay. Go ahead. I I don't know the answer. You know how you feel, but just putting out other possibilities. Um, what if the presence of the ataxia is the thing that you need to stay focused on all the different ways you're bringing balance to your life. You know, I hear you and I feel the truth there. I and I, I was going to say I feel resistant to that, but that is not me. It's not me. I just keep forgetting that many, many times a day it is not me. So thank you for that reminder of how I was going into using this form to punish me. That's not what I'm interested in doing anymore thank you yeah yeah you know uh carla you heard me say this um the other day in i think it was in the year two class that a friend of mine who's a spiritual teacher uh who had experiences um insomnia said was saying well you know i i have insomnia and uh, and then said, and I've had it my whole life. My mother had it. As, and these were, in a sense, just stating the facts and the justification. And when she said, and my mother had it her whole life too, I thought my intuitive feeling immediately was 
that there was some connection between her and her mother that was kept alive through the insomnia. I don't know what it is. And I, when I get little hits like that, nobody's, if nobody's asking me about it, I don't pursue it because it's not, I mean, it's just not, I have other things to think about, but, um, to me, that's, that's, uh, very much, uh, the, the kind of core belief cleansing that's required of us now. And I think that's why now we've been reading the Hawkins book. So he has a wonderful section in that chapter on healing, as I'm sure you know, uh, all about how we take on these thoughts, these beliefs. So just going back to sticking with the relationship stuff, uh, because relationships are so key to our forming our idea of ourselves. Uh, looking at, uh, anything that your father might have said to you and to really truly forgive yourself for believing it, for taking it on. But also, most importantly, we all must, and we all must do this to be free. We must also be willing to see that every single thing that's been encoded into our script that we've experienced is for our healing. It's for our highest good. It's for our awakening. It's for our ascension. It's not meant to hurt us. It's not. We can hurt ourselves with it, but fortunately, no permanent damage can be done. And if we think that it has been done, we are mistaken. So can you or anyone else see beliefs that you took on from your family, perhaps, or your caregivers or formative times that someone accused you of something or labeled you with something and then said, and then you took that on. Oh, it must be true. I was talking the other day about how um, I took on, I'm tone deaf because my mother was tone deaf. I had trouble uh, harmonizing or singing on key with other people singing happy birthday. So I thought, well, it's because I'm tone deaf, like my mother. But then years later, I took singing lessons, and I said to the singing teacher, well, I'm, I'm tone deaf, but I thought maybe there's some way I could learn how to sing happy birthday. And she, you know, within 60 seconds, she said, you're not tone deaf. You're not tone deaf at all. And I realized, oh. Yeah, I can actually do this. And later I learned I can harmonize I all on my own. Nobody even needs to teach me. I have a, a modicum of, of musical ability and enough to have fun. But for years, I, I mean, 20 years, I thought I'm toned down.
anybody like to share an aha? And you can share another one too, Carla. <laughs> Linda? So I have this um, belief that, um, well, the core belief was that I'm too much or I'm not enough. And one of the ones that I'm, I've recently um, healed, with your help actually, um, was the thought that I'm not smart enough. Mm. Um, and I mean, I can recall when I think about it now, I was a really good student in grade school. And um, when I went to middle school, well, it was called junior high then, um, the format of the school was completely different. We went from this open plan where we were sitting at tables, able to share with our classmates and speak in class freely to being in rows of desks where we had to be completely silent. And I went from an AB student to a CB student. And I had a, a teacher tell me that I just wasn't smart enough. And oh. so I believed it. I know. Um, and I mean, I can remember, like, I remember uh, arguing with this person. And I remember my father going in and arguing with this person, <laughs> actually oh, telling me. Good rather have me sitting in the hallway playing jacks than sitting in his classroom. <laughs> Good. Um, hey, Dad. Yeah. But at the same time, I still took that on. I still believed. I didn't see at the time that it was not me, that was not smart enough, that it was still, it was the, the shock of the change in the environment that was um, that I was having a hard time assimilating to. And so as I continued to be a C and D student, um, I feel like my parents just expected me only to ever be a C and D student with an occasional B we could celebrate. <laughs> and so I always had that thought that I was not smart enough, but um, I know that now and I recall bringing that up in class the one day and when you said to me th that it can't be true because you hired me and I thought this is somebody that I love and respect how could I insult her by thinking that she hired somebody that's an idiot <laughs> You know, and just that thought alone was like, I am not stupid. I am totally not stupid. So I feel like that, even though I can still see it's triggered occasionally, it is not the belief anymore. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, people have different learning styles. 
We do. We do. We do. It's some people, like, I can get certain things really quickly and other things really slowly. Mm-hmm. And I'm a smart, smart person, and I know that. I'm so glad your father was there. But still, you know, they didn't have other systems for you to move into. Right. Where you can, I mean, you're, I mean, you're a genius. This collaborative discussion and and group learning, you're so good at it. I mean, you really have a facility for it. You really are brilliant at it. And. Thank you. Yeah, so we have to forgive ourselves for having believed these things sometimes. Yes. We have to go that extra step and really purge any resentments we have against ourselves for allowing ourselves to be labeled. Yeah. I had so many labels on me. So many labels. One exercise that could be helpful to us all is to make a list of the labels. I've done that. Make a list of the labels. Maybe we can do that next time. Mm. Just going to make a note of that. Um, wow. And do you notice any difference in your life, in your work, Linda, since having that awareness? Yeah, I, th- I think so, because I I can see myself um, in some of the other areas where I have had challenges in the past, really saying to myself, I don't have to believe that. Mm. I, you know, I believed it in the past and I may have even displayed it in the past that I don't have to believe that anymore. So that is not true. That is not something that I am willing to take on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that defiance in the sense of, you know, like Gondolf and Lord of the Rings with the staff. You, you know, you shall not pass. You know, I, I see the thought come up and I'm like, no. Stop it. <laughs> we were talking about this on Tuesday. This is not true. This does not have to be, you know, this does not have to be. So I'm, uh, I feel like it's strengthened my resolve to heal a lot more. Ah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) So now you're harvesting the learning and receiving the benefit of that experience. Yes. And you can help so many other people heal and recover because of your awareness, because of what your experience was. Yeah, and I can even forgive that teacher. 
Yes, of course. From that experience, I, I can teach others from that. I can use that as an example. You know, and it, it may have taken me 30, 40 years to learn it, but <laughs> I learned it. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, you can do a dance. I'm a smart dance. I'm a smart <laughs> dance dance. Yes. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Linda. Yeah, thank you. Robin? Yes, I mean, I just have to speak um, to Linda and her uh, amazing growth as I have watched her all these years. And um, I am, and I have shared this with her that I, I see her as so smart. Her, the way she facilitates the classes, the community calls, uh, and now, of course, the Miracle Study Group. Uh, and I mean, Linda, I mean, you're just, your light just shines. And I, I always come, I mean, you respond so right, right on um, the, I mean, so many moments I am with you when you are facilitating, and I just see how smart you are. So, uh, and, and I am reaping the benefits of your, your growth and your sharing and your um, model. So thank you. And uh, so I'll just continue to say quickly that I grew up feeling not smart enough and it started very quickly in school and it, that was the route. Um, and that has been a, 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 oh, it still hangs on pretty big. But I'll say, this is what I'll say about my core beliefs and not feeling good enough, smart enough, and that I don't belong, is that I feel because of Masterful Living and Jennifer, all your ways that you're helping us, that I am getting so much stronger and I, my life feels so amazing right now. And I still have challenges and those things that are holding me back. But I'm, as I'm walking in this world of form, spiritual, the spiritual wor world is right beside me. And I have all these wonderful tools, my prayers and uh, just the tools that you've given and the ones that, uh, come to me or in my pocket and I just can pull them out really quickly and there is a knowing that I can get this um, borrowing Carla's words and that I am getting it and um, that those core beliefs will disappear I, I trust and know and believe for me that they will disappear, just like all the blocks of love will disappear. And I love that word. Uh, and I'm, so I'll just end by saying I feel more um, saying yes to this life that I've got at the moment. 
um, and being courageous and trusting and really experiencing. I think it all started with the trip to North Carolina. I mean, every month since then I've had a project that God has sent to me. I'm not like I haven't found my niche and I'm kind of even letting go of that, but it's like every month there's this story that I have had to bring intention and preparation in spirituality towards to feel the blessings and the rewards and the joy and the love of God that is within me. So thank you so much. I just thank you so much. And thank you, Linda, and everybody, really. I just love, just love the classes are just, this is the joy of my life right now. I stopped looking at it as being guilty, like you shouldn't be doing this, and that this is so luxurious. It's like, I, this is what I love, and I'm going to do it for as long as I can. So thank you for bringing all these classes to us that we can join it's just amazing, and it's. I feel the shift. Well, and look how much benefit you're bringing and sharing with your family. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean that that it's my family. It's it's everything that touches my life. Yeah. 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 I don't have a job to go to, but I certainly get things coming to me, and I have to step in. Yeah. And I can only do it with the spiritual way as best my of where I am with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think how what a difference it's making in your granddaughter's lives. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'd like to think that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my and my adult children and their spouses. You know, I just mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, thank you. And I have five grandchildren. It's unbelievable. We just got a new one. It's unbelievable. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. She's two months old, and um, yeah, kind of a miracle baby. We didn't think that was going to be coming, but yeah. Wow! How great! Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. All right, who else has had some ahas and some insights? Lars? Only a small insight. I always thought I'm a little bit strange. And this was the reason for I chose to be a civil servant, being a teacher at school, because I thought nobody would give me a job. So I had to search for a job. This is really secure. And that's why everybody was telling me, be a civil servant. You cannot get fired. This was the main reason for I chose to become a teacher. I mean, it's really interesting. It has to do uh, at the beginning because I thought I was so strange that nobody really would give me a job. And if I um, succeed in getting a job as a civil servant, then nobody could do anything against me. This was my way of thinking. But it has to do with a feeling of lack and limitation that I chose to be teacher at a public school. Interesting. 
how many of you felt, or maybe you still feel it, but felt that you were strange? Okay, so anybody really truly not feel identified with I'm strange? Anybody not feel that? Not a one of us, Lars. Not a one of us. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's really not a problem for me anymore, but it's still there. I feel it. It's still when I'm discussing or have discussions with my colleagues, and I have totally different points of view. I feel a little bit on the outside that I don't belong to the uh, this group. Or this was exactly when I was young. I always thought I didn't belong to. Uh, my classmates and people like that because they're thought in a totally different way. I've always felt that. Hmm. And you use the word strange, um, which is different than feeling different. Slightly. Hmm. Um, because there might be, and just working with it in your mind is to, uh, I, I remember there was a time when I thought my nephew then felt that he was strange. It's just, I don't, I don't, and I just remember saying to him, you're unique, Ben. You're unique. And, um, and I, I said, just like everybody else, we're all unique. So there might be also some way to um, really shift that identification from strange to something else. Because, I mean, there are so many things in the world you can imagine. I don't fit in. I don't fit in. You know, I see Venerable walking through the world because I spend time with her in places. She does not fit in. She does not fit in. But is she strange? Am I strange? Do I feel strange now? I would say no. But I do feel, let's say, different. At the same time, like we know from A Course in Miracles, I see we are the same. Different but the same. So there may be a refinement there that your higher self can give you, and you can start affirming that. I'm unique. Yes, I would say at the moment it's exactly what I'm feeling. I wouldn't say strange anymore, although I've used this word. I would say extraordinary different from other. I have my own unique perspective in life. And I feel it. I mean, it's not so much of a problem. And I, some days ago, I heard from a German spiritual teacher something very beautiful. She said that sometimes we need the rejection from others to really discover the treasures within ourselves, that we are not dependent on them, but we can look within and find it there. And this is exactly what spoke to my heart. It's so true. It's so true. In fact, it would be a great exercise to look at 
places where you felt rejected that you can see now that God was pointing you in the, the right direction. But it looks like rejection. Absolutely. Yeah. Rejection is the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to write that down, too. I need to get back to work, so I'm going to run. But I love you all. Thank you for um, making my day so sweet. Uh, thank you, Sean. Until next time. Yes. Love you. Oh, and we are at time here, so... I guess everyone's had a chance to share that would like to share. So fruitful. So I really invite you from this point to um, really pay, be very mindful of these old core beliefs and to take any opportunity that they come up to heal them, to really let them be transformed and to examine them. Like Linda's example is a beautiful example of saying, wait a minute, this doesn't even make sense anymore. I have proof otherwise. And that, that's how we undo the ego is we don't just accept it anymore. We say, wait a minute, I don't feel good about that. Could it possibly be true if I don't feel good about it? Because we are such sensitive beings that if it's not true, we're just not going to feel good about it. All right. Let us pray. So grateful and so thankful to join together to remember and recognize our loving heart, our perfection, our wholeness, and our divine connection with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful for this life of love that we are living. So grateful that our wholeness is intact. So grateful that we can, with ease and grace, relinquish all labels, all core false beliefs, and be made new in this moment. No process is required. We're giving the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. We're recognizing our life is the life of God. Our hand is the hand of God. Our mind is the mind of God. And we're setting ourselves free here and now. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all because we share the one mind. In gratitude, we forgive ourselves and others. We forgive the debts and the debtors. We forgive the trespassing and the trespassers. And we are grateful to let the past go. We harvest the learning. We give thanks for it. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Oh, I, I want to make an announcement. I just remembered. Uh, I'm going to do a Q&A about this Developing Minister Teacher Training Program next Thursday. Uh, it's going to be at 8 p.m. I'm sorry, uh, Lars. Uh, it's going to be at 8 p.m. And um, But if you have any questions, uh, let's say, Lars, you can't be there and they aren't answered in, when you listen to the recording, just let me know if it interests you at all. And, ooh, and um, 
I guess that's it. Thank you so much. Mwah! Love you.